having a child who's resistant to help when they have big fears and worries due to anxiety and OCD can be incredibly overwhelming, frustrating, and boy, does it make you feel like you're stuck. Hi, I'm Dr. Roseanne, and I'm a mental health trailblazer. And join me as we have real conversations about real solutions to kids' problems. And today we're talking about a real, real problem. When your kid is resistant to treatment and they're struggling with OCD, what do you do? How do you manage it? Let's dive in. Hello, we are talking about helping your child confront their OCD fears. And, you know, if you have a child with anxiety, you want to listen. If you have a child with OCD, you want to listen. And of course, if you have a child with mood dysregulation, you want to listen. We're going to be talking in a short amount of time. You can go to at any point, you can go to drrosanne.com forward slash webinar. And I'm doing a long webinar on how to help your child go from dysregulated to calm. Because boy, in today's times, that is what I'm hearing. But let's dive into confronting our OCD fears because it's a conversation as an expert in OCD, an expert in pans and pandas that I talk about all the time. So let's talk about how OCD is different from anxiety because they are completely different and they're often confused. And they're often confused by medical professionals and hello, mental health professionals. And most of my people who come to see me with OCD have gone to numerous providers and been inappropriately treated as having anxiety, or they know that they have OCD and they say, well, the anxiety treatment works the same. It's just not the case. Anxiety is a persistent worry about something typically real, but it could also be perceived and it has a base of something real most of the time, but it's a persistent worry. And normal anxiety is we worry about something, our anxiety, our stress levels go up, then we regulate and it goes back down. Now, OCD is when we have fears that are irrational and we have formed rituals or behaviors around them to try to control them, try to avoid them. Always think of OCD as doing everything you can to prevent the bad thing from happening. And and I have air quotes if you're listening, because that bad thing is often illogical. Some of my OCD kids are so bright and it can kind of sound like it's logical. So let's talk about OCD behaviors because it will help to highlight the difference, right? So in both anxiety and in OCD, we have a pattern of what's called anxious avoidance. And I don't think we talk about anxious avoidance enough. And it's how OCD sort of creeps in there and and anxiety and some of these other things. So we avoid things that are uncomfortable. And in the case of OCD, because there's a fear attached to it. So I don't want to go to school because I'm worried I'm going to get sick, right? Uh, which was a very real fear during the pandemic, but it becomes irrational. And of course, with any mental health condition, it's getting in the way of your daily functioning, right? So a high rate of anxious avoidant behaviors, you may not have any clue. Most of my parents have no clue that their kids have OCD, right? It's an internal condition. How can we know? So we always think, well, I would know. Parents have said things to me like, well, I would know if my kid is suicidal. Well, Most of the time, sadly, we don't know these things because mental health is in the inside, right? And we have to look for the clues. So these are the clues, the behaviors, reassuring questioning. So needing a lot of assurance like, oh, am I going to get an A on that test? Ooh, 
do you think I'm going to fail? And it, there's no basis in that. And you, you fall into it and you say, no, you're going to do great, you know, and all that other stuff. And or are you going to be sitting in my room when I'm going to bed? Because I can't go to bed unless you're there. Those kind of things, right? Obsessive thinking. You're getting stuck on things. You you hear the excessive questioning, but they may give you an insight into a persistent worry about things and you get to hear it come up a lot in their language. You may not have any clue with obsessive thinking. And in fact, most of the time when somebody really, you start to realize your child has OCD, their fears are dark and scary, and they don't want to share them with you. They're embarrassed about them. You may see some compulsive behaviors, right? I always talk about the most famous compulsive behavior, of course, is things like uh, hand washing, avoiding germs, but there could be checking and counting and ordering. There's so many ways that compulsive behaviors and compulsive thinking can come up. And that may, those rituals that they perform right? Because there's always a ritual in OCD that you're doing to avoid the bad thing from happening. The rituals will might be observable and give you an indicator. Now, please know that OCD, and I'm bringing this up at this time, is highly comorbid with certain conditions like pans and pandas, autism, and not every person with either of those conditions have it. But the autistic brain is more lacks the neuroplasticity, especially when you do those lovely brain maps, you can see that there is a rigidity in their brain. So sometimes we see orderly behavior or a need for sameness and avoidance of new things. And it doesn't mean it's OCD. There has to be an avoidance based on fear and going to a fabulous therapist can help you get there. If you're interested in working with us one-on-one, we work with people all over the world. You can go to drrosanne.com forward slash help. We just have the best team ever and we support people all the time. What also happens in OCD in terms of a behavior, and you've kind of alluded to it, we accommodate the OCD. So if you're listening to these things and you're like, wow, my kid is performing rituals and I get involved, like makes me do the bedtime rituals or certain things before they get out the door or certain things related to learning, or they're doing excessive questioning or third anxious avoidance. Those are the top ones that I see that people that are there before people realize they're OCD. I would say that most people see several therapists before their child is or adult is properly diagnosed. So let's talk about OCD strategies, right? Because that's why people fly in all over the world to come in and work with us. And we do intensives as well. I don't talk about that enough. You know, sometimes people do intensives with us to avoid hospitalization or they're just like, I'm so sick of this OCD tyrant. We love doing that. So you can go to drrosanne.com forward slash help if you're looking for more help. Um, We are one of the few places that do that. So when we're talking about teaming or OCD, the first thing we have to do is helping your child understand their OCD. Now, you probably don't even understand their OCD, but we want them to understand their brain, right? Nerdy, brainy things with Dr. Rowe. We always want to explain what the brain is and isn't doing so that your child can feel that they can be empowered by it. I know a lot of times when people say, what do you mean? We're talking about their brain. They're going to feel like something's wrong. No, they know they're struggling with something. When you start to understand the brain, then you can understand what 
they can control, right? Always talk about checking under the hood. That is why I love doing QEG brain maps. But this is even more than that. This is helping them to understand that the OCD brain, the more they perform their ritual, the more they avoid things, the more the obsession they allow it to happen, then yes, and I'm saying allow it to happen because OCD becomes a habit, the more it's going to happen, the more they're going to be uncomfortable. And so in every part of OCD therapy, and we use exposure, response, and prevention. We also have st- uh, staff that's trained in the Yale Space Program, but we use ERP and we we combine it with tools like neurofeedback and PMF. We calm the brain, change behaviors. That really is the magic. Of course, a whole lot of hard work by the whole family ecosystem, as I like to call it, but helping to understand the OCD from your end, how it gets really amplified is so critical. And if anybody's here watching and they've been part of our program and they've been able to see like how transformative it is, just even understanding that the uncomfortableness is going to only occur for a certain amount of time. It's not like, oh, it's over. And teaching them how to break it is important. So when anybody struggles with mental health, One of the greatest things holding them back and parents is shame. But our kids get so caught up in this whole, I can't, I can't. And and this is deeply subconscious, right? Even though they may be talking about it, they don't know how to unwind it. Even if you're right in front of them and you're like, hey, here, here you go. This is what you need. They're so caught up in the shame of having OCD and having these really runaway thoughts that they get immobilized, right? So when we empower with the psychoeducation, we really talk about the feelings because when you're this anxious, when you're this OCD, you want to shut off your feelings because it feels really uncomfortable. So of course, getting the right treatment is important. I've talked about it throughout this time, but... You know, most people with OCD really get anxiety treatment and anxiety is different as we talked about than OCD. What we want to do with OCD is we want to break what's called that negative reinforcement cycle. So when parents accidentally accommodate it, right, by answering questions, um, participating in rituals. I mean, I have parents, listen, who are like, this is a nightmare. You know, I've got four kids. I know you've, if you've listened to my other episodes, I'd never forget. I had somebody where the parents had to put a sheet up in their minivan because of the siblings, because they one kid had relational OCD and was obsessed with the other kid, which is very common, by the way. Usually there's one person that there is part of their, their obsessive compulsive nature. Can you imagine like couldn't even be near each other? Like, how do you explain that when you do pick up for soccer? I don't know. Hopefully you have some good friends. So when this happened, they had gone to a bunch of therapists treating anxiety. And for this boy, what happened was his OCD just amplified, got worse and worse and worse and worse because they did things like say, oh, you should breathe through it. You should do that. Those are advanced strategies. You got to get in there with your boxing gloves on and you have to teach the child to take charge of their brain. Once they understand their brain, they understand they can control the OCD, even though the OCD thinks it's in charge. Oh, no, Mm -mm. you are the boss of that OCD. And this is hard, like that learning curve in that first 10 to 14 days, which is why a lot of times we do a 10 day intensive is incredibly, incredibly hard. And a lot of times I'm doing this talk because a lot of parents say to me, I can't get my kids to participate in treatment. Well. It's not easy and nobody likes 
to be uncomfortable. And so teaching the tolerance of uncomfortableness is a huge part of being effective. Now, if you're not getting the right treatment and you're not with the right provider, all of this becomes hard. And don't get me wrong. We're like the A-team. I mean, we really got it together in a way that this is why people get an airplane every week, right? Got somebody came out today for autism, not for OT, not for OCD. But what happens is you going to a provider who may or may not be skilled. Now, there are skilled providers who do this all over. It's just finding them, right? And that can be hard. And sometimes it's surprising. Like, you know, I just had somebody in a state that's, you know, a Western state that is, well, it's California. And it was really hard to find a provider for them. I was kind of surprised because it's not in California is obviously a huge state, but it was in an area that's populated that, you know, has access, but you know, it can be really hard, but you have to teach that tolerance of uncomfortableness. So when you have a kid who's resistant, you know, helping them by saying, okay, how long do you think you're going to be uncomfortable? Right. Can you do this? That can be more than 15 minutes. You can do it. And you start teaching the brain that that worry isn't going to happen. And and you always want professional guidance on this. This is really based in the foundation of exposure response prevention, ERP. And the whole thing about ERP is teaching you the psychoeducation, teaching you to talk back to that OCD and having the whole family ecosystem, right? Don't go to a provider who isn't working with you too. It's not going to happen in one therapy session a week. You need your own session on how to deal with this, you know, tyrant of OCD and you can. So getting them to understand they're uncomfortable happens by teaching coping skills. And I talk a lot about coping skills, but stress tolerance and coping skills are the foundation, uh, foundational skills of lifelong mental health. Hey parents, look can you turn those stressful days into moments of calm focus? Well, that's exactly why I created Neurotastic Multimag Brain Formula. It's the brain booster that helps kids and parents stay centered and sharp. It's not magic, it's science, and it's just a spoonful away. Bring the balance with Neurotastic. Go to drrosanne.com forward slash magnesium to get special subscribe and save discounts with, of course, amazing gifts. DrRoseanne.com forward slash magnesium. Part of what happens in the OCD. Now, remember, your kid is not doing this on purpose. It has been ignited in their brain. There is what's called this negative reinforcement cycle where it happens. We accommodate the OCD. We allow the avoidance to happen. They get a little bit of a relief. So what happens? It means it's more likely to happen again. And so it festers. It increases and increases. That then forms the habit in the brain. So you, in order to break that negative reinforcement cycle, you teach coping skills. You teach that tolerance of uncomfortableness. And the brain says, oh, the bad thing didn't happen. Everything starts to come down, right? It's sort of like when you pull, I always say it's like when you pull those Jenga pieces in, in the bottom and it sort of drops by holding, you get a smaller one without the tower going down. That's always fun, right? When that happens. So when it's OCD, when we learn that, okay, that sort of lower level thing, not the big thing, right? And your ERP therapist will walk you through us. This. this is what we do in our program. 
what happens is you learn to accept it. And what I want to say to everybody is that you do need professional guidance when your child has OCD, but you will be doing a lot of work at home. It's like it's like those raptors in Jurassic Park. They keep testing the, the fence. And the moment they realize there's a weakness, it goes up again. I love my 80s cultural references. <laughs> but, you know, you have to laugh. Otherwise, you're crying all the time if your kid is really struggling. But what happens is once the brain realizes that that bad thing's not going to happen because you're supporting it, you're do helping then the behaviors go down, the stress levels in the family goes down, and you really not just calm your brain, but your family's life is much calmer. How do you help your child with OCD? I mean, of course, I didn't say put your own oxygen mask on and share your calm, but it all starts with really getting good treatment, lots of psychoeducation, teaching your child to talk back to their OCD. And you can do that by supporting their tolerance or stress tolerance of uncomfortableness, teaching them coping skills and being consistent. You have to be consistent. Once the OCD thinks you're letting its guard down, it will creep up again. With constancy, you can really completely untangle the behavioral parts of OCD. Everyone always thinks they need a med. It's not going to happen without some kind of psychiatric medication. OCD is about the behaviors and you are not going to fix it with a med. You have to squash those behaviors because otherwise the brain will keep repeating it, right? It's formed an association. We can break that association, but it really requires the right verbiage coming out of our mouth. So I hope this was helpful. If you're looking for one-to-one support, you can go to drrosanne.com forward slash help. We are doing an awesome webinar about dysregulation, how to support it. We're going to go deeper in it. You go to drrosanne.com forward slash webinar to learn more. And of course, you know, we have our magnesium and you could go to drrosanne.com forward slash magnesium because the other part of OCD that I didn't dive into, but I did mention is you want to have that calm brain. So wherever you are in your journey is exactly where you need to be. I hope you got some strategies. You have questions. Please drop it wherever you're seeing this or listening to it because OCD is scary and it is very treatment resistant. But you can be the boss of OCD and you can help your child really overcome it. Parenting is hard and there are so many ups and downs. And when you have a child who is resistant to things, who's avoidant due to anxiety or OCD, maybe they have rituals. It feels incredibly overwhelming. And I hope today you gained some strategies and helped to realize that you can tackle this OCD, you can kick it to the curb, and you are a huge part of that. <laughs> 